This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Hello, I'm Michael Sheen, and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Episode 158 of a Touchline Rant podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Luke. This week I was joined by Mitch and Jordan, and we looked at Man City. We asked, is it going wrong? They've been underwhelming, I think is the right word to use, but have they actually, or is it just a league in general that has been so topsy-turvy that, and it's got this anyone-can-be-anyone-feel about it, that have City actually been that bad, you know? Or are we just putting too much, you know, are we expecting too much? Um, We then looked at David Moyes and West Ham and asked, do they deserve more respect than they get? We then continued on in London. We went to go and have a look at Frank Lampard and Chelsea and had a look at whether or not they should he is he would be under more pressure if he wasn't Frank Lampard results haven't been the best they spent a lot of money they did spend an awful lot of money and has he really you know improved that team in any way shape or form Um, we then had a look at the bottom three Fulham Sheffield United and Burnley who've been lackluster and asked are they already doomed? Is the relegation scrap already decided this early on? Um, just want to say thank you very much to Bendy Geddig Media, our producers, for helping us get the show out to you. And don't forget to go follow us on social media at A Touchline Rant everywhere you get your media socially. Music. Episode 158. My name is Luke. I am joined this week by Jordan Lloyd. Hello, Luke. Yeah, hello, Jordan. And uh, Mitchell Gad. All right, chaps. You weren't on the podcast this much, like consecutively, when we lived in the same country. <laughs> this is yeah, a no. this is an absolute play. Good run of form. It's a brilliant run of form. Got to give the people what they want. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this is what happened. See, downloads did wane when you left. You know, they wanted a slice of what you were offering. Um, People wanted him back. Yeah, they did. They wanted him back. Uh, Right then, gentlemen, should we start off at Man City? Yeah, go on on, then. Um, Man City, I'll pose a question. Um, Jordan, I want to go to you first. Are Man City, are they off the boil um, at the moment? Or is it just... They're one of the biggest names in the league and the entire league is off the fucking boil. Oh, good question. I think it's an element of both. So I'm going to address your second point first. This is quite hard to gauge where everybody at is at the moment because this is not a normal Premier League vintage. This is not the classic Premier League product we know where everyone stays in their little bubbles and the rubbish teams lose to the good teams. This is different. This is 2.0. Everyone's capable of anything. So I think Man City have fallen into that, just like every other team. So they've had a couple of strange results. However, 
taking results aside, performances have been a little, I say a little, been very, very indifferent. So rubbish at home to Leicester, smashed Wolves, played quality, not great against West Ham, good win against Porto, good win against Arsenal, but then laboured against Leeds. It's funny. For me, I think stale is the right phrase for them at the minute. I think they addressed a couple of defensive problems at the back, but I think they could have done with a couple more uh, attacking options, just maybe some youngsters or some freshen up or some newbies coming coming in. Because I think this is the first time they've had the same group of attacking players for more than two, three years since yeah. uh, since the new owners and since the new ownership. So I think all of a sudden they're starting to get sussed out a little bit. And Aguero's another year older and he's getting his injury problems now. So I think there's a bit of both elements. I think it's a strange league, but I think it's a stale, stale Man City at the minute. Yeah, the thing that I find with them at the minute is that there's certain... Gabby Jesus is a big one for me in that he's such a great player, but I've always thought over the years that unless he's playing regularly, which he's not doing at City by any stretch of the imagination. I know he's picked up injuries and they're about to you know, play Sterling up front as like some sort of false nine and... And all this, but it, it they've always had a great squad. But I think what we are seeing now with City is what happens when you have that great squad, but you can't offer them all the same amount of game time. You know, you you do need a settled eleven to a certain extent, yeah. Which get used to playing with each other week in week out. You know, some of the best teams that we've seen have been smaller squads. And all right, fair enough. Along the way. You know, there might be some deaths. You know, if it's Atletico Madrid, they're a small squad and they run into, you know, into the ground. But what you get is performances. They're used to playing with each other and it brings the best out of them. Mick, you get momentum as well. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. If, if I could just, yeah, momentum as well. If I could just switch to you, um, Man City, how much of it is based on their defence? Because every single summer they seem to reshape it somewhat and nothing seems to work with them since, well, since company left at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they they haven't had that leader since company's left. Um, Diaz, they're, they're hoping that Diaz can, can bring that to them, but, you know, early signs are not necessarily that's going to solve that issue either. Um and they've really missed that since company's gone. The locker room leader, the the you know the the, the leader on the pitch as well, because um, he did so much behind the scenes for the club. I think they've they really missed that rock with company going. Mm. Um, I do think though that I, I agree with, with what Jordan was saying because I, I don't think it's just a defensive issue at the moment. It does feel like, and look, you had it with. Um, United over the years with Fergie, there was always a little period where there was a bit of a squad regeneration. There was new players that would come in. And it's strange to say that in a way, because if you think of City, so much is made of Pep kind of splashing the cash and how much he spent on fullbacks and things like that. And, you know, he's always been um, been able to kind of bring in the players he wants. But it does feel like, at least in that kind of midfield to attack there in that that um those areas of the pitch that they that they've had a you know a, a core of players that I think yeah they 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 probably do need to freshen it up a little bit. I think stale is probably the right word for them. So I don't think it is the I don't think it is just the 
issues with the defence. I mean, you know, you think it's strange in a way because Sterling playing up top, yeah, I know he's got a couple of goals, but he's, he's de- he definitely misses far more than he scores. Um, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. You'd want to really laying them on and creating them. And Aguero's had injury problems and he's not getting any younger, as Jordan said. And so has Jesus had injury problems. He's had quite a few in his time at City. So I don't think the issues are just in their defence, but they are. There definitely are still issues with their defence as well. So I think it's strange because, in a way, I almost feel like... Yeah, there are two things at the moment. There's the city, city not firing on all cylinders. There's the league where you've got anyone can seemingly be anyone um, at the moment. But at the same time, if City were having these issues, maybe, maybe a crazy season, they might actually over 38 games. Maybe they they will still have a chance of the championship because even though they're not firing on all cylinders. The points total is going to bring, um, going to be a lot lower. So who knows? It's just such a crazy season. But I, I definitely think they've got problems um, to address in in lots of areas of the pitch. And the other thing we haven't mentioned at the moment is obviously David Silva going. And obviously, I know his role, yeah. his his sort of um, game time kind of reduced a bit over the last couple of seasons. But such an important player for them, such a glue in that middle. And yes, Phil Foden has always done a great job whenever he's come in and lots of people have talked about him needing more game time and deserving more game time. But the the amount of experience that Silva brought to that midfield, that's just a big loss as well. Yeah, there's all you know, I mean, look at also the departure of Leroy Sane at, you know, in the summer. I think Leroy Sane, if he was playing week in, week out, I don't think it would have been as easy as decision as it seemed. You know, yes, he's German and yes, it's Bayern calling. But I do think it's an issue with having this squad of players who we always say, look at the bench, you know, they're bench world-class. And it's all right having a bench full of world-class players. But if you, if they're not getting game time, they'll look elsewhere. Because those a lot of those players in that City squad could walk into pretty much any squad in the Premier League. And are they going to be happy? Sit like look someone like Bernardo Silva, who barely, barely's had any Premier League game time, you know, this mm. season. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Should we go a little bit more upbeat now? Sure. Should we look for a happy tale in the Premier League? Yeah, it's not um, another ne- Neil Warnock story, is it? No, it's not another Neil Warnock. I've, I've run out. I've run. I can retell the story of me watching him buy lint. Oh. Take, uh, eat samplers of lint chocolate in the lint shop if you want, and then walk now without buying any. I'm, all right, I'm all not right. sure it's what people are here for. Um, so the first, uh, the first manager I think of when I think upbeat and good performances and tactically sound is David Moyes. I think you'll agree. Um, <laughs> to him and where does he deserve? Does he deserve um, a, a bit more credit than he than he's than he gets? Well, clearly really. he does from you. Yeah, that's yeah, sarcastic. No, he, a sarcastic introduction. He deserves more than. He no, he's 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 brilliant. He's you know yeah, that sounded sarcastic. He's great. No, he's he's superb. Uh, he's he said uh, it again. <laughs> I can't. I cannot fault him. Well. I cannot fault him. He got a good price for Fellaini. I cannot fault him. Um, is all joking aside? He West Ham have done. Well, above what I thought they would at the start of the season, we all in our little group chat, we were saying how 
after they lost their first game and then we looked at their run of fixtures, we thought, well, how, surely Moyes has got to go because West Ham looked dead. You know, their, their fixtures were horrendous, but they've done really well out of it. They actually got better when he got COVID as well, which is an interesting one. But my point is, does, do, does David Moyes and his West Ham side, do they deserve to be taken a bit more seriously? Well, by me, really. Jordan, what do you Depends think? how serious you're talking here. If you're going to ask me if they're going to challenge the top four of the Prem, then absolutely not. But no. do they? are they going to be relegation cannon fodder? No. I think we're looking at a West Ham team who are going to have a pretty... But pretty average season, but for them, I think they really need that. I think they'd love just to pick up some good wins against some top sides, don't struggle, and just do okay. I think their fans would love just an okay season. Too much they've been up and down and poor sign-ins and strikers not getting many goals. I think just a bit of plane they'd like. I think you're right. So far, we looked at their fixtures and it did not look good, but... Fair play to them. They 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 didn't make many changes to their side when they lost games, and they they, they stuck with the players and the formation that um, that was Moyes' uh, kind of favoured way to go, and that's really worked. He didn't chop and change. He stuck with them, and they've they've backed him, and they've um, they've really performed. There's been some impressive performances in there. I think Declan Rice has been brilliant. He gets a lot of stick right because people just yeah think midfielder should score 40 goals a season and also win save of the season and score free kicks. I don't know. But, you know, he's, he's a very tidy player. He wins the ball back. He retains possession. Well, he's been excellent. He's been superb. And uh, Antonio up front is just, he's getting better and better and better. I think it's a, it's a good time to be a West Ham fan at the minute. I think uh, a couple more wins and who knows? I might change my opinion and threaten the Europa League spots perhaps but yeah they deserve more credit and even more from you they deserve credit they do they do I will I will try and I will try and hold my disdain for that club for a little longer um Declan Rice is an interesting one do you think Declan Rice would get more praise um if he'd left West Ham because he's been linked with a lot of you know bigger clubs over the years and he's English as well, which and the media don't tend to get on the back of English players, you know, unless they're Marcus Rashford or Raheem Sterling or Mason Greenwood. I don't know what ties all them together, but there is Declan Rice is short back and sides. If he played for Chelsea, I don't reckon he'd get anywhere near the amount of shit that he gets, to be honest. Um, Antonio as well. He they've they've quietly now seem to all the signings over the years they quietly seem to have got their got their shit together a little bit mitch do you think it's completely out of the realms of possibility that west ham could push for a europa spot yes next question no um... well, that was that was quick <laughs> i do think it's out of the realms but i tell you what though I, one of the things um with west ham and i ha- i haven't said it to you boys offline if you will um, West Ham is one of those clubs that it's so West Ham to go and get spanked at home to Newcastle and then, you know, to, you know, draw with Tottenham and Man City. And yeah. um, it's just, it's typical West Ham. Honestly, they, honestly, they've done it for the last couple of years as well. And I think those sort of, they've, they've, been, they've been living in weird Premiership 2.0 
for the last couple of seasons already. So they're comfortable in this league now because they they live in they, they've been they've been playing in this bizarro land for the last couple of years. Um, but no, they, they it's typical. They they tend to raise their game against the big boys, and they just they they lose the games against the teams that are down there. And as long as they do that. They're, they're not going to be anywhere near the Europa League places. And I, I can't see that changing. I think I think they've got players that can hurt hurt teams, can obviously hurt the top teams. Antonio's an interesting one. I love Antonio. Um, they used to play him all over the shop, really. But it's only the last, I suppose the last couple of years, they've, they've played him more as a striker and actually is starting him because when they started him playing him as a striker, he tended to get play every other game up top and then come yeah. on as an impact player. Um, there's no way he should come on as an impact player. Um, he's one of their, he's probably their best player at the club at the moment, alongside Declan Rice. Um, so yeah, I think they they've got players that can hurt hurt teams, but I just think as long as they lack that consistency, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the Europa. No, I mean that Spurs result hasn't hurt them as well, has it? I mean to be to be three 0 down and then come back <laughs> and equalise with that goal. Hell of a goal. David Moyes spoiled it, mate. Did you see a celebration? Oh, he's like a Thunderbird celebration. It's so stiff. He's like the person you invite to a party and then does a shit in the punch bowl. He's just... (laughs) He's about as... (laughs) He'd be about as welcome as Ryan Giggs is at a family reunion. I think he seems like a very nice bloke. I think he seems like a lovely man. I think he seems like an absolutely lovely guy, but I also think he's the, he's the sort of guy that looks forward to sitting down on a Sunday with the Sunday Times and watches Andrew Marr and then takes the dog for a walk and then just comes back and is you know he gets excited when he gets to go down the pub for a pint. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> His idea of rebellion is watching Top Gear. Yeah, he'd, oh, but he prefers the new version as well because Clarkson was too controversial for him. You know, he likes Freddy. There's nothing wrong with him. He's got slippers that have laces on. Yeah, he's still, he's, you know? still, he's still not quite sure what he thinks of Strictly Come Dancing. That's what I get. Yeah, he's not sure because he quite likes it, but he does. He's unsure of the, the sparkles and the spangles and the latex. It makes him a bit uneasy. Episode by episode, you know. But he's still... Can he tell his mates that he's starting to enjoy it? Mm. Yeah, he gets halfway through and then just retires to his Andy McNabb book. You know? Mm. There's nothing wrong with it. We're not, I'm not judging him for it. I'm just saying... It is what it is. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you put paprika near his food, you'd think you, you were on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Steady on again. <laughs> <laughs> right, talking about boring, probably Tory voters, Frank Lampard. Um, You're swinging tonight, isn't you? You've got the axe out tonight. You are. <laughs> that was my favourite uh, ever. I won't get into I've criticised West Ham. I'm not going to start criticising Frank Lampard, although it would be very easy. I wouldn't to alienate do. London um, as a demographic. Yeah, well, mm, yeah. <laughs> I got, yeah, we're gonna, Fulham is in the running order coming up. It might be true. <laughs> I like Brentford. Let's just throw that out there now. Yeah, yeah, everyone speaks the club, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Frank Lampard at Chelsea. If let's start with Mitch. Mitch, if Frank Lampard wasn't one English 
and two, a Chelsea legend. Would he still be in a job there? Um, I think, I don't know if he'd be gone already, but I reckon he's definitely got a bit more. Bear in mind who owns Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I think he's, he's got slightly more credit in the bank. Well, a little bit more credit in the bank than he would if he was just some some uh, manager that they've kind of plucked from abroad somewhere. Um, I don't know if he'd be gone already. I, I, I kind of think Abramovich is slightly mellowed over the years, but um, that's not saying an awful lot after uh, <laughs> after his sort of hire and fire of the season. Uh, might just be a perception point of view, but like, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like if it was someone else, they they definitely be under pressure. Um, and I do think that um, the kind of glare of pressure has come other people's way this season. But we've talked um, a couple of weeks ago that that um, given how much he spent uh, over the last couple of months, he should start to feel a little bit of pressure. Not that we're kind of jumping up and down to champion managers being sat, because I'd, I'd actually like to see him do well. Um, I do think yeah. that he does, he should feel a bit of pressure because... Yeah, he's he's been able to spend a lot of money, and he's he's made some very bold moves in terms of the direction of the club and the signings, and the, the we talked about the change of kind of tact of almost moving away from youngsters and um, working with the squad he's got. With the um, you know, obviously had the transfer embargo, but it, it felt like he was backing some of those players, and he thought, oh, they might have a future. The Abrahams and the Hudson Adoys and, and so on, but yeah, and Ruben Loftus Cheek. But he's really, he's definitely spent a lot of money. He's clearly got issues defensively that I think um, he's he's obviously you know really strengthened um, with um, upfield and kind of an attack and midfield. But Thiago is definitely one of those where he's hoping to to be a bit more of a leader who can kind of hold things together, and that hasn't hasn't happened so far so you you live and die by those sort of decisions really and and unless um unless they can start to see a little bit more um consistency on the on the pitch the goalkeeper might be uh, might prove to be um the catalyst for that then i do think he is under pressure i think he's probably got yeah a bit more credit in the bank because he's frank lampard not saying that another manager would have been sacked by now but they probably would be a little bit closer to the brink. Um, that's my that's my view of it. You know, that's my assessment of it. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's definitely, I think he's definitely got to see. Um, he's got to stri- put a string of results together pretty soon because it's a bit bitty at the moment at Chelsea. I think. Yeah, um, Jordan. Then with last season, um, they were they would well they ended the season really disappointingly for me and. There was a lot of credit built up with Chelsea, and I think a lot of people sensed uh, using United as an, as an example. United finished above Chelsea last season. However, even speaking as a Man United fan, I felt that going into the next season, I could think Chelsea were on a they had a firm sort of footing because they had they blooded a lot of young players. They had a lot of talent there, and they the transfer embargo was gone. I thought they can add sensibly, and then they signed up. You know players like, you know, Ziyech and Havertz and Timo Werner. I thought, Christ, you know, they, they're really going for it this season. Um, they look worse for me than they did last season. They look so disjointed, it's unreal. How, if, if we're in agreement that Lampard 
you know, if, if it wasn't Lampard, that he, we're still not sure if the manager would have been replaced. How much longer do you think Lampard can continue with performances like this until the question of him leaving becomes, you know, a reality, really? Especially given all the money he spent. I don't think he's got long, personally. Uh, I, I think he's closer to the bullet than uh, Mitch kind of alluded to. Um, January is coming up very serious, which seems weird to think because we're six games into the season and the transfer window is literally just shut. Yeah. But, you know, we are cruising towards that time of year now. Their fixtures come thick and fast with Champions League and... Um, you know, and the Prem and stuff, and I'm sure that when the Cups kick off soon as well. Um, I, I think he's, I don't think he's got long. I think he needs to put a run together and not just three or four wins back to back, but some performances. Just, just spank somebody. Just, just, just beat somebody. They're like we've, we've all seen how many goals are going in at the minute in the Prem, and they've assembled a 200 million pound strike force. There's no connections. I know it's early and. It's six games in and stuff, but surely the best this would be the best time for them to connect. When seemingly defences don't exist anymore, they should be using these games as training games, and we should be seeing the best of all of them. This has been a lot of decisions for me, though. I think I was more excited about them this season before they bought all these players. So before they brought over Werner, Havertz, who were some fantastic players and great additions to the Premier League. However, I was more excited to see a full season with Abraham would go again with Hudson-Odoi coming back yeah. um, with Manx constantly playing being the focal point that really excited me I thought you know what you stuck your identity you're going to be another year wiser let's see what you've got well they absolutely ripped that up and chucked that in the bin didn't they and he got the checkbook out and he's brought players of all shapes and sizes all different ages I don't think they've addressed their real problem which is in the middle of the park no. so I think that's like Mitch said that's made him really a bit pop heavy and a little bit all over the place, but they need to start winning and winning well. Uh, the United result's not a bad result for them. They drew nil-nil, but then like they, they lost that lead at home to Southampton. They seeded three at home to Southampton. They've gone three all with West Brom and Southampton this season. Yeah. That's not good. They were they were pretty weak against Liverpool early on. I thought they'd get really give Liverpool a game, and uh, they didn't. They, they weren't really up to much. I didn't think. Looking ahead at their fixtures, they got Burnley next, Sheffield United, Newcastle, the next three. They have to win can, all of those yeah. comfortably. And can I point out as well that in our predictions, in our predictions at the start of the season, I was, the, I think, the only one that said Chelsea will finish outside the top four. So just, uh, you know, just throwing that out there. Just put, yeah, piling the pressure you... on already. Yeah, I think, <laughs> looking at the table, after six games, we've all seen that anybody could be up there. And a lot of those teams in there would argue we've missed an opportunity to be doing better here. Like City would say the same and stuff like that. But for me personally, I think Chelsea have missed the biggest. I don't think they've had particularly hard games, to be honest. And I no. think they've messed up a lot of them. And I, also I think, think that's the thing as well. The fixtures, you know, as you said... Tactically, I also think Lampard is all over the gap. He hasn't got a clue. Got, I, how much for Werner sticks in up bloody God, they've got left wing back. He's got Kante playing at this sort of weird left angle centre mid. He tries to squeeze Mountain in different pockets and it just is so all over the place. They've got they've got they've got, they've got too many tens for me. Like yeah, they've got Kai Havertz, okay, he can play wide right, but 
if you play him at a 10 behind Werner, I thought that was going to be bread and butter this season. Werner up top on his own, running onto through balls or just play it to his feet. He's class. His movement is exceptional. It still is. He's wasted a wide left. But Havertz is a 10. Ziyech is a 10. Mount is a 10. Like, how many do you need? He was he was playing Werner um, <coughs> behind Abraham at, at, I think it was West Brom. I was like, what are you doing yeah. playing Werner there well, with his pace? And To be fair, yeah. the way Kepa was going, I was half expecting Werner to play the fucking goal at some point because I was... <laughs> <laughs> just like this is just ludicrous. Like there's some, like this. Uh, I worry for some players at Chelsea because I just think Jordan. You said it actually. You said this is the season we'll see if Lampard is a coach. If he can, he's got these players now at his disposal. They're quality players, but they can all improve. None of them, you know, they they can all improve from here. And can he improve from? And right now, for me, no, he can't. I don't. I, I, we sent, I sent a tweet out and it was somewhat controversial, which seems to be what happens at the minute with me, to be honest, with things that I say. But um, I said I thought Frank Lampard was a better player than Steven Gerrard, but Steven Gerrard is a far better coach than Frank Lampard. Like Gerrard has proven to be a great coach. Lampard just seems to be someone who's got a, you know, a famous uncle, to be honest. It's just, I just don't rate him at all. And he, and he said that George Osborne and David Cameron were two of his heroes, so he can get in the bin. <laughs> Let's bin him. Who should we have instead? Do you know, I'd quite like, if, we, if you could pick a Chelsea legend, I'd quite like to see Zola in charge. I know they go nuts, but yeah. oh, Zola back in who charge. Who I think they <laughs> should bring in, I think if Chelsea are seriously looking at... Avram Grant. <laughs> at challenging for the league title again, I think Allegri they should bring in because I think Allegri is a great coach. He's he's won mm. a lot of league titles at Juve. He's available on a free. He's there. But it's Chelsea, so they'll probably bring in John Bloody Terry, won't they? Yeah. Claude Puel for me. Every time. Get him in. Yeah. <laughs> Puel and look lovely at the bridge. Everyone slagged Puel off. This is a, that's for a different episode. Yeah, we can't it's get into, feature, it's not topical. Claude Puel's no longer topical. But when he is, we've got one hell of a game prepared. We got... <laughs> we have. Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah, we've got one hell of a game. One, that... I brought him up independently of yeah, that. We have to unleash that game soon. They don't even know what's coming. They... <laughs> um, right then, let's move away from him. Bloody... Brexiteer Lampard, and let's move to the bottom of the league. Um, Mitch, are Fulham fucked already? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) they don't look good. Yeah, they're ruined. (laughs) Yeah, they're ruined. They're ruined. I am. I'm a bit worried, yeah. I'm a bit worried for them. Do you know what's um, the Apologies to Fulham fans. If I was a Fulham fan, what I'd be more worried about is that nobody except Scott Parker actually seems to care. Yeah, agree 110%. Yeah, thing, I hate yeah. that phrase. He's the only one who cares. It makes me sad. I can't watch Fulham games because I want to cry like, for him. No one, even like the ownership, they just seem to be, oh, well, we've got up to the Prem. And you, you <laughs> came up to the Prem before. You didn't, you got, Embarrassed, you went down to the it's championship. It's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's and you... what I feel like it's the same. It's going through the motions again. I feel like you know that's exactly what I feared when they came up. I thought it should be like a, it should be uh, like applying for a mortgage. 
Right, pull them out the points. There's your deposit. You've got the money, okay? Let's check your credit score, okay? <laughs> pull them. You've been coming up too many times in the last few years, right? There's too many loans against your name. You've not been paying off your bills. Come back once you've cleared that credit score. Pay off your loans, yeah. and then we'll think about yeah. it. Yeah. And West I don't know why you're laughing. Yeah, there's first-time buyers out there, like Brentford, like a few others, who are waiting for a go, but there's no mortgage. Like, Let them come up. I'm bored of these people just snapping up the houses and coming back up and then cocking it up and going it's away. exactly again. the same, oh, they, What they seem to do as well, they haven't, you know, when the, the phrase, you know, doing a Fulham, because it's now doing a Fulham, where you come up and you buy everyone. And then you get relegated because you know it doesn't work. They come up. They, I genuinely, I struggle to think who they signed. The only one that I can think of is Ariola on loan because I think he's a good keeper and he's got a funny name. Let's be honest. You know, <laughs> who else did they sign? It's a boom. Yeah, that's a good question. Loftus Cheek. Who else? Did... Oh, that, on the last day, Loftus Cheek. Yeah. But uh, a couple of defenders who obviously aren't doing their job. I, I literally, yeah, I literally struggle to think. Who Fulham brought in? Oh man, uh, I'm struggling. <laughs> and considering <laughs> that they signed so many players the last time they came up, it's almost as if they went right. We can't do that again. And then Scott Parker burst in on the last day and was like, "We've got to find sign someone for Christ's sake." You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's wor- it's worrying. I think it's worrying for them. I mean, they lost against Palace at home. They're the sort of when you. You know, you talk about like I know it's again it's a crazy season, but you still look at fixtures and you kind of identify as a club, you would identify the games you think, right, okay, yeah. First game of the season against Arsenal, you know, mm. if we get something out of that, it's a bonus. But then when you look at some of the other other games and then, you know, most recently at home for Palace, you're thinking, ah, you know, this should should really be should really be competing in games like that. And that to be honest, I think Palace were fairly comfortable in that game. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they hurt them. They don't look like they've got, you know, Mitrovic is one of those players who's kind of a bit of a streaky player. And he, you know, to be honest, he's, he's not really been, he's, he's done it here and there in the Premiership, but even at Newcastle before, he wasn't, he wasn't prolific. He should know, have left for the for championship. Ages like, ago. Right. But yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think, I just don't think they've got the firepower. They haven't got the players that can hurt teams. And, yeah, I'm a bit worried. I am worried for him. I like Scott Barker as well. Yeah, so it's a bit me too. Sad, really. Yeah. Um, just very briefly, then let's move on to just two other teams. Uh, Sheffield United. Is it time they started to worry, George? Yes. Do you think Sorry. so? Do you think they are? Just... Uh, well, if I remember rightly, they got sitting. The only thing is with Prem at the minute, these teams are struggling, right? But like. No one's more than two points adrift. If Fulham yeah. win their next game, they're probably like in Europa League spots. Yeah. They'll be doing next week's pod saying, is Parker going to win manager of the season? Do <laughs> uh, yeah. you know what I mean? We have to get ahead of ourselves. That's why we're here. We're talking about But six games in is quite a lot. However, nothing. And you're laughing. Um, yeah. Sheffield United, they, they need to start worrying because I remember their fixtures at the start of the season were very favourable. They played Leeds, Villa, Wolves, uh, Liverpool, okay, tough, but then Fulham and Arsenal, they've picked up one point and now they're coming into a million run. I think looking at their City, Chelsea, West Ham, and then a crucial West Brom game then, or they play Leicester. So 
there's not many points you can see on paper there. However, this is the mutant Premier League, so they'll probably win all of those. Yeah. So I forgot what you've asked me, but they'll be fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you asked me. Mutant <laughs> 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 football. I, I, I'm too scared to commit to anything. He's fine. Yeah. Burned. I know. Getting burned. It's a, it's a risk. Uh, yeah, they should be worried, but they'll probably be fine. I think <laughs> they they're played quite well against Liverpool, wrong. though. I thought they played well against Liverpool. And I, I was actually quite impressed at how they, they pile players forward. Yeah. They've been 1 0 up at Abdi. I was wondering. Yeah, the, the fullbacks get forward, they, don't they? They're like seven players in the Liverpool final third. I was like, they're fucking piling players forward. Yeah. Yeah. I respect, <laughs> to be fair, I respected that a lot. I was like, flipping out. They're, they're going for it here. Yeah? You know they go for they go for two nil, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought they played they played a lot better against Liverpool. Um, I think if they can if they can um, take that into to, to other games, then they should be okay. But yeah, who knows? They'll probably they'll probably get beat ten nil next week. You know, yeah, crazy. Um, I just, um, one more team that I just again briefly just want to mention Burnley. Are they? <laughs> I can't even You're breathe. always sitting there going down, aren't you? Every year. I always say, I never predict they'll go down. And every year, this is a fourth, fourth season predictions we've given on this podcast this year. And every year I say, I don't think they'll go down. But if they did, I wouldn't be surprised. That's it. Yeah, you sit right on the fence. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> they just, they, 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 no matter how many times we flush, they just refuse <laughs> to just go down. You know, they are... Chris Wood is going to keep him up. That's that's literally what's going to happen. <laughs> depressing if you're relying on him, mind, isn't it? It is depressing, to be fair. But I like it him as well. It's just, just that's quite a depressing sentence. Yeah, yeah who's your star they... player? Chris Wood, what? really? <laughs> they are one point, aren't they? Burnley, the one point. Yeah, one point. Yeah, they're getting... all they're all on one point. Aren't they? Everybody's who's... on one point. Well, everyone's on one point. Well, Burnley were uh, responsible for our first nil-nil, weren't they? Against um, West Brom. Oh, if you had to put money on it, you'd know it would be them. That game. You just knew yeah. it would be them. No, so currently Fulham, Sheffield United and Burnley are all on one point. West Brom have three. Have they? Where have they come from? Yeah. Quietly, somehow, they've got three points. Three draws. Three yeah. draws. God, that's, is. that's depressing, isn't it? That is yeah. depressing. Um, it's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, I mean, people who are listening to this podcast, I we have definitely this this week's episode has gone downhill. <laughs> we've done the running order the wrong way around, haven't we? We've we peaked yeah, early. We started with Man City, yeah. which we've got some good debate going. Then we we all had a little laugh at David Moyes. You had a laugh, and then David. <laughs> David, David. <laughs> he was in Spain for a year and a bit. He, he can qualify as David, as far as I'm concerned. He is the sort of bloke to get people to call him David after he's been David Moye. <laughs> I was just about to call Frank Lampard Franco Lampard, but because of his political beliefs, it's not that far from the truth. You can't get you can't get that excited. It's, just, it's, it's full of. They set the life out of this episode. We have we've ended an episode talking about Fulham, Sheffield United, and Burnley. We've done it to ourselves. Fulham's badge oh, as well. It just just says FFC. That's just it. Yeah. Oh. So everything you need to know right in the tin there. But but oh. at the same time, I like Scott. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it like... could be worse. They could still have that Michael Jackson statue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> replaced it with a Rolf Harris one. <laughs> oh my days! Yeah, All right. uh, I don't. Right. Know. I've got no more to give. They've, 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 it's those three clubs now. It's just. I feel like I need a wash outside in the cold and the wet. It's just like oh, it just yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go watch Georgie Hadji videos on YouTube to cheer me up. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking of Chris Wood. Chris Wood, the only man to take to take my. I, I, it makes me think I'll never get Wood again. Ironically. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, have we got any more for any more gentlemen? Anything good happened to anybody? Or... Anything good? No. Nothing. I don't know. No, oh, just, just I, I'll try and end it on a positive because I think we. I forgot. I've just thought of a positive week, as well. But Go on then, Mitch. My positive. It's a week old already, but I thought I, we're so desperate for a positive year. After that, um, just to shout out to Newcastle fans for raising that money instead of paying the pay per view game. Yeah, twenty grand. Was it twenty grand? I saw last. They've time. also, as well, to further that, they've actually set the trends now, and I think Leeds have done it. I know the Wolves fans are doing it. There's some others, so they've actually set the domino yeah. effect there. So double tip of the cap to them and the others who followed suit because it's uh, fantastic. Yeah, Liverpool did it as well the other day. Liverpool. Can I can I end it on a? Can I add another? We do need two thing? positives. Yeah. I'll give you another pot. We have to have many positives to get rid of the the burnly <laughs> smell out of the recording. Um, Meza Erzel is providing 1,400 meals per day at 11 schools in North London. Ah, um, he's, been, he's been paying for meals for charities and shelters since March, since the pandemic started. And this past week, he has expanded that. So it also includes schools. Fantastic. So 1,400 meals a day. That's awesome. That's and obviously, it goes, goes without saying, our admiration and support for Marcus Rashford and everything he's done. His, reading his timeline has brought a lot of joy in a dark time and he's been, he's a credit to family, his profession, for everybody. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly love Marcus Rashford. So, well Marcus Rashford, you can, he's the yardstick now by which you can judge people's humanity and their morals and their, you know, everything is what's your opinion on Marcus Rashford because I genuinely don't understand anyone who can't have anything but good things to say about him you know what a what a guy and he is single-handedly raising the profile of football from the doldrums oh I've got another piece of news as well and it's also amazing pile on a big up to Raheem Sterling, who's protesting for further equality in football and has led to a new initiative that there's going to and opportunities for BAME managers, coaches, players right down the uh, football ladder to grassroots and Raheem Sterling has worked super, super hard and a lot of rejections and cutbacks. He's got this breakthrough now and it's fantastic uh, needed step forward for football and everything. So well done, uh, Raheem Sterling. That's absolutely fantastic. Great yeah. role model as well. Yeah, superb. Definitely. Brilliant. Any more oh. for any more? No, but I feel a lot better now after that. I, was, yeah. I do feel a lot better. Feeling more upbeat. Yeah. Roy Hodgson took thinking... a throw in at the weekend. That's quite funny. Look how that plaid show you up as well. That's good. Nice. Is he all right? <laughs> don't don't say that. Don't make me sad again. Yeah, yeah. So. I just saying. My nan threw a tennis ball at me once. She needed shoulder surgery afterwards. Yeah, your nan's not Palace manager. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> True. I thought you'd have told me if your nan was Roy Hodgson by now. 
<laughs> the physical resemblance is striking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, Roy. I'll be doing it all again <laughs> next week. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. No worries. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mitchell Gadsman, and if you don't listen to the Touchline Rant podcast, he's going to be very, very annoyed, okay? <laughs> well, there you go. Another week is in the bag. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to go follow us on social media everywhere you get your media socially, at a Touchline Rant. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole shebang. Um, thank you very much to Bendy Geddig Media, our producers, for helping us get the show out to you each and every week. And thank you very much to you, the listener. You are the most important piece of this jigsaw puzzle that we call a touchline rant. We could not do this without you. Well, we could. Like, you literally don't help us at all. No one helps me edit. You don't help do the record. But you know what I mean. It, without you, we'd just be four guys chatting to each other about we do that anyway. I'm downplaying what you do. I am downplaying it. But you are important. I just don't know how. Thank you very much for for tuning in. And don't forget to go tell all your friends, your family, your co-workers, your pets, everyone. If they have a phone, they are able to listen. Make them listen. Force them to. Blackmail them if you have to. Anyway, just get in touch. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at a touchline rant. We'll help you blackmail them. See you next week. you just listened to was brought to you by Anchor. Ever wanted to start your own podcast? Now you can by using Anchor. Anchor is great at anchoring and anchoring away at Anchor. So you can anchor all night long if you like. Anchor. Try Anchor. <laughs>